Good evening, and welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Sammy Vintenzi Ellis, how are you? Doing great, Sean. How are you? I'm doing real good. I, I uh, wanted to have you on the show for a while. Um, I came across your music and say in the beginning, uh, I said earlier, I was just going to Atlanta. It was like 1990. I'd heard one of your first albums, which was 1986, I believe, right? Release date. Right. I was yep. working at one of my many college jobs uh, for, uh, I don't know if officially Alligator Records, but it was a warehouse that carried Alligator Records and it was a combination. I was packing orders for that album. Yeah, that, yeah, was, uh, that was a good era for live music. You know, the, the 80s, everybody was going out to the clubs and, uh, yeah. and now everybody just wants to mess around on the internet, including myself. Well, I think it's good and bad. I mean, let's face it, like you and I can talk. This would not have happened without the internet. You couldn't do yeah. your coffee morning chats, get up, put your slippers on, play a jam that you would do on Facebook, get right. done, turn it off and go back. You can, you know, watch TV, mother yard, visit relatives. Like it allows you to do other things and still participate in this media world. So Absolutely. that's a good part. The internet is, I'm, just, it, I'm just joking. The internet is great. And it's, uh, it's been a real great resource for everybody involved in, in music, live music, recorded mm-hmm. music or or songwriting, it's been a real godsend. Yeah, I mean, you, you, it can be. I think it's it's really an asset, I think, for the, the older generation, for people that are probably, you know, anything over like 22 and up for, for creating music, like, it's, it's good for them. But when you're first starting out and, and that's all you know, right? It's the, the basis of not having live music and that live connection of songwriting and being in a room and fighting with somebody and working in songs and sweating, and that's something you miss out as a songwriter and a performer. That you need to have to, you know, you have that behind you. You have years of that kind of behind you. So the luxury of you being able to do some stuff from home, you know, is brilliant, but you put your sweat in already, you know? Yeah. I mean, and just like everything else, uh, you know, a combination of, of all the different uh, venues for music is best live and online and recorded. So all of those things, I don't know which one of those is the most important one. So I just do it all. I, I don't. I know. I, I know. Um, one of the bands used to say, uh, "Used to be radio." In the past year, they said, "You know what? Radio is really hard on us." In the past couple of years, you know, because they didn't have a hit, and um, so we tried just internet, and you know, like podcasts and this kind of stuff, and the albums actually exploded without doing radio. Past platinum, Ooh. like it came back because it feels like the medium is, you know, like a podcast and different levels of shows on the internet because you can stream it. You know, this show is on like every podcast platform. It's also on YouTube. So there's so many avenues to get this and it allows an artist to have more, more control over their career. You don't have to have a whole corporation behind you. That's right. And, and the fact you can click on and just talk to people and play your guitar. Um, so you've been playing guitar now. Was the, were you actually, was the, was the band actually just the hard fixtures and then it became, you became Tizzy Ellison hard fixtures. Then you kind of just did your own thing or. Well, actually, it went just right from Heart Fixers uh, to me signing with Alligator Records in 1988. And that was the the turning point in my career. Prior to that, I had played up and down the East Coast in the Heart Fixers and uh, and gone overseas a couple times. And um, But when I got with Alligator Records and, and started performing under my own name, that's when things really started happening. We were able to take it uh, to all 50 states and almost all the provinces of Canada and pretty much all over the world uh, because their reach is, is so uh, extensive and, uh, you know, following in the footsteps of people like Johnny Winter and Albert Collins, uh, it made it a lot easier for me. And I think I, I'm going to actually tell people to, to go seek out all these albums out because 
you have a ton of albums you've been recording for years and you haven't slowed down. We'll talk about your new one in a minute. It's, it's like I said, I think it's the strongest the first time I heard you, which is very exciting for me that an artist can continue to be that strong, play that strong. And, and your, um, your music, as we were saying, it's not just blues. It's got rock into it. It's got Southern rock into it. It's got a, different, a lot of flavors into it. There's a lot of crossover appeal. And there's like one or two songs in each one. You go like, wow, it's even more of a crossover. And I think people should be aware of that and, and really kind of check you out because, you know, you, the knowledge and the playing you've been doing for so long. And it's, it's just, it's insane. It really, it's well, the common denominator is guitar. It's, it's guitar music and uh, leans towards blues, of course, but, uh, uh, you know, the bands I liked uh, were the ones that um, really mixed it all up. Of course, the Allman Brothers Band and the Grateful Dead and Cream uh, and the band. You know, those are the people that I find myself coming back to mm-hmm. over and over again. And, uh, you know, if I was uh, just to play blues music, I would feel like uh, definitely an, a, an imposter because, uh, you know, I'm a guy who grew up here in the, in the South, uh, you know, Hendrix and Dwayne Allman and Peter Green, that's, that's my wheelhouse right there. So I, I don't want to try to be something that I'm not. Oh, so it's funny you saying that. There's a similarity to the guitar style, not the same sound, but it really feels like it's the same family because it's, it's very upbeat. For blues, you're not very, it's not very sad blues. You know, you hit the notes, you get the melancholy, but you're not sad blues. You know, it's your toe tap music. That's how life is. You know, you got some sad times in life, some happy times in life and sexy times in life and times (laughs) in life where people die and stuff like that. So really the blues kind of bluesy kind of music holds a mirror up to that. And uh, it's kind of like the true facts of life uh, set to music. That could be your next album title, Sexy Blues. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's it's funny two words to put together. I was just saying, just laughing. Um, your song right now, it's, it's been very strong consistently. Is it, what's the challenge there at this point for you? I mean, because your songs, while they're similar, they're not always the same. You know what I mean? They're still very, the riffs, everything's very interesting. I don't, I don't ever feel like in any of your albums, you're retreading ground. Well, um, you know, there's a fine line between uh, doing something different and losing all your fans. So I try not to cross that line. Uh, I don't want to do anything shocking. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bust out a, in a rap song or anything like that. And, uh, you know, I try to make the albums for the fans and I don't think you can go wrong making albums for fans. Do you think, is it being authentic to yourself though? And it's not a judgment. It's actually a question I've had recently with other people, not just musicians, artists. Like if you're, are you, you're making your, your art for yourself and your fans like it, or you're making it for the fans. Are you still doing it for yourself? You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I make I, I write the songs for myself, and then I decide which ones are going to be put on an album. I make that for the fans. But uh, initially, I write for myself, and I, I still write quite a few songs. That's my songwriting is is the direction I'm going more in. I'll still mm-hmm. do live concerts and things like that, but songwriting is where I'm heading. Well, you are you're a very prolific songwriter. Clearly, over all the years of albums you've done. Is the challenge now for uh, doing a set? How hard is, your, is that now? Well, um, I basically, I write the songs and uh, maybe maybe halfway through, I realize, you know, I don't think I'll ever record this song, but I, I finish the song anyway. And then I move on to the next one. You know, sometimes I'll listen to 
to a song and go, well, that's weird, you know, and then I you know, go on to the next song. And, uh, you know, I listen to music too a lot. I listen to a lot of, a lot of stuff. It's all on the internet now. And I listen and I get inspired and write a song. I keep a list of potential song titles in my uh, telephone. And, uh, and I look at that and see if any of the, of the music I, have written matches up to any of those song titles. Uh, mm -hmm. There's definitely a method to my madness. That's interesting. So you are you so you're generally writing music first, then? Always. Always. Mm -hmm. It's always different for everybody. Some people are like, oh, I get a melody and then I write the guitar to the melody. I'm like, that seems hard. It feels like the music. Uh, first. Yeah, music, music first. Uh, I mean, there's some people who write. I think the guy that wrote, wrote with um, or writes with Elton John, I think he just gives Elton John a, a poem, you know, and then somebody yeah. puts music to it. And I couldn't imagine doing that. I've had some people submit lyrics to me and they say, well, how does the song go? And they go, I don't know. You come up with that. And I look and go, I, I don't know what to put to that. Um, you know? Uh, and so basically uh, it starts with the, with the music mm -hmm. and then the, and the melody and then the, the lyrics for me. Well, I would think that's the way to go generally because I mean, to come up with a vocal melody because with the guitar, you can strum, you can do chords, you can kind of play around a noodle, but with your voice, there's nowhere you're pulling from. You're not pulling from your imagination hundred <laughs> percent. There's no chords, no, no noodling, you know, for your melodies. Right. Right. So, what, what do I, yeah. What, what's the, and melody and lyrics are the two most important ingredients to a song. So I'm starting with something that's not melody and not lyrics uh, and then putting that to it. Um, and maybe that's, I don't know, that's just, and then sometimes it all comes together uh, at, at once. Uh, and that's, that's really when it gets magical, when it all happens at the same time. But I, well, I have my own studio here in the basement and I, I write songs from about new, uh, 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. till noon every day. And, except for Sunday or when I'm on the road and then I, you know, make collection of them and I've got quite a few songs. If anybody needs any songs out there, I got songs for them. <laughs> they can reach out to you on your site. You have a nice website. Uh, we'll actually talk about it. So on your new, on your new um, album, are you using your same? I know you have a couple of guitars you, you use. You, you have seen them in the guitar shows, you know, you, you steal mm -hmm. Del Row, you, you know, you have a couple of same guitars, beautiful guitars. Is it the same couple you use on everything? Yes, I use um, <clears throat> my main two guitars are 1967 Gibson ES345. I've had that for many years. Uh, and then 1959 Stratocaster that I've mm -hmm. had since the 70s. And uh, But then on the this particular album, I used a, a custom shop, uh, Fender custom shop Telecaster. And um, that's that's got a real nice sound to it. And uh what else I use? Les Paul, of course. Um, got a couple different Les Pauls I use. I use a Martin D35 for the acoustic stuff. It's a 1937 National O-Series steel guitar. But that didn't make this album. It uh, was not used on it. And um, uh, let me think, of, I'm probably forgetting some, but uh, oh, for the slide guitar, I use a 1982 Gibson Modern. Well, and if you actually want even more detail, I'm just going to refer them to the uh, the guitar uh, rig rundown. Is a rig rundown right? You rig rundown, says, premier guitar rig rundown. It's very that is nice. The best 
breakdown of your guitars. Nice shot, nicely. Love the host. I came. I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. I came over his name. He's, he's great. Yep. Shout Ted out to him. He's, he's he's great to watch. They all are over there. But that's a great program yeah. to check. Check out your stuff to really hear. It's really did a good job on that one. Um, on your like any new album, like so emotive. The song like I'm looking here, just like rain. Is it's talk about a melody. A lot of your guitar riffs are vocal melodies in them. Well, yeah, that's a uh, that's uh, probably the the most uh, singer songwriting uh, song on this particular album. Uh, you know, I uh, I was listen- at that time I was listening to a lot of Greg Allman's solo albums, uh, and um, and that song kind of came out of a listening experience and life experience as well. And and uh, you know, it all start- I'm I'm primarily a fan of music, and and then. Uh, uh, the songwriting is an extension of me being a fan, and then the and then the performing is an extension of me being a fan. So I started off as a you know a little kid Beatles fan, and then got into the British Invasion, and got into blues rock, and haven't really moved the needle very far from there since then. <laughs> well, I mean, but you still are rocking. I mean, how long do you think you're going to keep producing? at this at this output level because you really haven't slowed down well uh that's up to um the people who put my albums out you know i make the albums actually and then i you know if uh, if alligator records is interested in it um they didn't particularly want my um instrumental album that i did years ago called get it and so i started my own label and found Mm -hmm. out just how hard that is uh now i have a greater appreciation of actual record labels after having one uh myself but um you know i i I make the albums and then uh hopefully um you know we'll find a home at a at a a label that you know has their act together uh and then uh you know i mean if if it's an oddball album like uh, my instrumental album was then i have the resources and ability to uh, put it out on my heart fixer music label that's cool. Well, the reason I ask is because it's very interesting for an artist now. At this point, he's been doing it for a while. You know, some people are like, oh, no one wants new music. I don't want to write new music. No one really cares. You know what I mean? But for you, it's like you're like a brand new artist. with your, like the, the output you put out is, is you know, it's, it's great. But you Well, know, I was doing artists. an album a year. I was doing an album a year uh, 10 years ago. I did that for a uh, over half a decade of six or seven albums, one album a year. And that seemed like too many albums. So now I've gone back to every, uh, every, every other year. It's incredible. I keep, keep it up as long as you're enjoying it because I'm enjoying the album. So. Yeah. Thank you. I do. I do enjoy it quite a bit. And, uh, and I'm hoping that maybe, like I said earlier, I can get some other people to cover some of my songs. John Mayall has did one of my songs on his, his new album. And I'm uh, very proud of that. You know, I, John Mayall is one of the people that got me into, into blues rock to begin yeah. with. And, uh, so when, yeah. When he did my song, I mean, it was definitely a, an artistic victory. And uh, of course he's retired from performing now, which is too bad, but uh, he's almost 90 years old. So he can, he has nothing left to prove. I mean, he's done it all. And he's played with a few good guitar players, so it is a nice feather in your cap if <laughs> he picks you. Yeah. Well, you have a great reputation though, too, as a guitar player. You, you know, a lot of guitarists love you. You've earned it. You know, 
you, you, you've never, I don't think I've ever heard a bad thing about you either press wise. You're, you're a nice guy of the blues. <laughs> oh, I've got some, I've got, I keep the really bad reviews, The you know, I throw the, uh, I, I throw the, the, uh, the nice reviews, you know, kind of in a, a folder, but I keep the really, really bad ones because, uh, they tickle me. Well, I thrive I think... on rejection. <laughs> Welcome to high school. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I think a lot of your bad, the bad ones are probably based on either a non-musical person reviewing you, a non-blues person, because if it's not your genre or you don't have a mindset of understanding the music, it's just going to sound the same to you, you know? If they're not mm-hmm. aware of a live venue that you're competing against, whether it's too big, there's not enough people in there, the sound can sound horrible, no matter what you do or you're always do, you may have no control over the sound of that room. And as a professional, you smile and you put on a show. Wasn't he aware of what was going on? You're like, he was aware, but he put on a show the best mm-hmm. of what was going on in the environment. You know, a critic is that, or a reviewer is not going to think like that, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, people, <laughs> some people may be in a bad mood and they just give people bad reviews or something, or maybe they just don't care for what I do, or maybe they're purists. There's a lot of purists out there that just want, uh, they think that blues stopped that when Jimi Hendrix came out, they think the blues stopped or something like that. Or maybe they want to be like, I don't know, blues, like people that slick their hair back and wear bowling shirts, that kind of blues people. And, uh, you know, there's a, you know, every corner bar in America has that, but if you want to grad graduate from the corner bars, you probably would need to put a, put a spin to it, but there's, there's some purists out there. They tickle me. It's a little too much for me. You can't be, because you can't be, I can say, you can't say, I can say the purist is kind of ridiculous because it was a time that it grew from it. You could say that you're a purist. You can't do blues after 1930s. You can't do your blues after the 60s wasn't the blues anymore. Once, you know, they started having electric electricity to the guitars. You can't call it blues. I mean, you could just really get obnoxious. Blues is from your heart and it's a sound where you're coming from and, you know, a relatable genre. That's it, you know? And how much credit you can yeah. give to something, you know? There's not many blues purists, but they're very vocal, so... You know, there's not enough of them to fill a, you know, telephone booth, really. But uh, they're very vocal. But what have you been doing? So now you got this new album out, but with you know, COVID starting to go away, or at least loosen up, and people are playing out now. Yeah. So what is your schedule now for the year? Well, we did uh, 40 shows to uh, kick the the new album off to get it off the ground, and. Uh, they went well. It started a little, um, a little rough at the beginning of the year. Um, we had uh, one guy got sick with COVID, and another guy split, and so it got off to a rough start. But uh, uh, then it kind of by February, people were starting to go out more, and then March it seemed like it was back to normal. Uh, famous last words probably but uh yeah i think things are picking back up and then i've been off the road for a few weeks and i'm down here in my man cave writing songs i wrote a finished a song this morning i can't even remember what the name of it is it's, it's called uh uh finished a song this morning called no easy way out how about that and so um yeah uh, not the happiest song i've ever written but um yeah, so I, uh, you know, getting the songwriting thing going and uh, 
and then next week we have some shows starting up so i'll you know uh, rehearse the uh the, the live show and um go back out and do uh the beginning of the summer shows we have about uh 20 20 some odd uh summer shows lined up the u.s dates are over to europe too uh these are all in the united states i don't have anything uh out of the country planned at the moment although um i'm hoping to because i well, certainly enjoy that well no I, I, it's interesting because like it feels like a lot of the artists have been posting to have like a one month it feels like people just live like a month or two at a time now but it feels like a lot of american artists and, and not just in one type of genre either i'm just talking generally i feel like a lot of the dates are are, are like european dates for some reason i don't oh, know if they, and i don't i could just feel like what i'm catching i'm just trying to like but it feels to me like just because I was as many American dates right now. And maybe it's because when you're planning for the tour, you're obviously months in advance, like anything else. You know what I mean? Like the magazine, it comes out, you're already playing that magazine. It came out months before it came out. So you're pre-playing this and maybe Europe seemed like it was a better gig with, without, you know, COVID than America was at the time when they were planning it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we're an American band and we play all over America. And I've got, uh, I know some people that are uh, big in Europe, and but they don't, do very well in the united states i'm glad that's not me because we're an american band i i played all over the world and uh there's nowhere better to play than the united states uh i mean but i'm also really into stuff like convenience you know and and uh you know maybe that's my thing but i like things to go pretty smoothly it seems like i get overseas and and things are a lot looser you know, they give me yeah. all kind of weird, weird amplifiers to play through. And I said, that's not what you said it would be. And, <laughs> you know, and if my amplifier has a headphone jack on it, I know that, uh, you know, it's not going to be very good. So I like playing here. I like driving around, stringing a whole bunch of shows together, dragging four or five different guitars around with me and making all kind of different sounds. And can't do that if I fly places. Do you do the thing when you go over to some places like have a backup band that you you you, you kind of join with them for their free show? Like sometimes never do that. Never, never. That's the Chuck Berry thing. That's uh, that's really lame. I, I hope I never have to do that. No, we got a tight show and a, a regular band. Um, I don't ever want to go and just be like, you know, do the Chuck Berry thing. That's just that's lazy. I, well, I think some artists just can't afford to bring a whole rig or the whole rig overseas. You know what I mean? When they show up, they're kind of doing what they, the best that they can do. Well, they should have a smaller, a smaller band then, and then they could afford to do it. But uh, no, I, I want a tight show. I don't want to just be up there. Uh, I don't want it to be the, the blues jam on the road kind of thing. But, uh, you know, if somebody wants to do that. Uh, no, it makes sense for me. Like I would want to have everything together. It'd be stressful yeah. enough just playing to a new place you'd want your gang with you that you've you've kind of worked with mm-hmm. it feels like it'd be awful to walk into a set where you're paying for some local band to do covers of your song it's like a karaoke yeah. situation. it feels like it would be it could be a, a mess you know of course me. it depends on who the depends on who the people are if, if you get there and it's booker t and the mgs and they're there to back you up i i give them a pass on that you know but it, it, it uh, <laughs> because that's gonna you know, happen. It, <laughs> yeah uh uh I don't know. It it just would depend. But in general, I, I when that's been offered to me, I, got, nah, I don't think so. You know. Okay, so you have actually heard. That. Okay, it's not a known thing. It's just always, always interesting when I hear these things, and I don't think there's a wrong answer. I just you know, it's interesting to hear your your thoughts mm-hmm. on that and how you do it. Um, 
this has been great. I want people to check out your um, your website. I like your website. It's kind of kind of like a kind of like a newsletter the way it's put together. You know, it's very informative. Yeah. Kind of, um, yeah. it's very user friendly. It's nice. You don't have to hunt for things. You kind of look at it. the updates are there. It, it, to me, it feels like I'm like I'm reading a musical newspaper. Which I like actually. You know. Oh, cool. Well, that yeah, that's uh, tinsleyellis.com. Yep. And of course, uh, we'll I'm put the link underneath to, on the show too for people too. I'm sorry. I'm a slave to social media as well. So, uh, you know, I, I can't get my, I can't, um, I can't get off social media. I'm, I'm its bitch, you know, and I just look at it all day long and it never really changes. Uh, a lot of misinformation on there, but it's got me yeah. hooked. And I, I like to post my dates on there and interact with people and, uh, and, uh, you know, and, if somebody wants to go on my, you know, Facebook page and and say they're giving away free free iPads or something, then I've got a special button that I can yeah. push for those people and launch them into oblivion. <laughs> That's kind of fun. Well, like I said, all these, all of your social media, I'll get your links afterwards. We'll put them underneath it, so everyone that's listening to it or watching this can Thank go you for- to your site. And when they see this, I'll be tagging you when I post it, so people can link up to you that way also. So you're, hooked, too. you're hooked on this thing like me here's the thing and i complain about this sometimes it makes me crazy i like to go on for music and i'll go on for my show i don't really i'm not a big fan of actually even advertising my show as much because i hate to be i feel like i'm like selling myself i want to do the show i'm talking to you i feel like that should be enough but that's not enough in the world of the internet where you got to really kind of like put it out there and post it and share it and then reshare you know so yeah, I get stuck too, you know. And after that, I'm exhausted from it. I, I can watch a couple of videos of some dogs or some cats, or watch some kind of you know crazy animals jumping a fence doing parkour with my wife back and forth. I'll send some crazy you know ferret videos or something. After that, I'm kind of done with the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Just en- send just enough of those to infect everybody's um, computer with a virus, and then call it a day. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't open them up myself. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know what they are. No, I don't. No, I do, I'll do an Instagram video or something like that. I'll watch some funny things in, in the videos, but I don't. Yeah, I can stay away from that too much too. But this is great. So I want to. Um, we'll check out your sites. I hopefully I get to see you this year. Uh, my area would be great to see you live. It would be nice. Yeah, I'll be up there this uh, this summer a couple times actually to play the North Atlantic Blues Festival uh, in um, July, and then in August I'm coming up to play. Um, the River Blues Festival in, in Massachusetts near Boston. And so we've got a couple of tr- uh, tours planned up there this summer. All right. I'll have to check it out. I haven't, I haven't really been looking to see who's been playing because no one's been playing lately. They're just finally starting to come out. Now I got to get back online and see, you know, playing my weekends out for who's coming up to see now. It's been so weird. You know, I've seen like three shows since COVID. It's weird to be around people. We, st- we stayed there and uh, on some days off, we stayed in Vernon. Oh God, that's real close. Yeah, and we stayed there, and uh, and we we ate at the uh, diner there. It's really yeah. good. The Vernon Diner there. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I ate ate every meal there, and there's also a really good Jewish delicatessen there. So oh, we had Ryan, a, that's Ryan's Deli. Yes, and that was our uh, that was our oasis for the uh, the February tour of the North. Hilarious. Stayed there for a week. Of yep. all the places to go, if you're actually running, those are the two places you want to be smacked up. Were you actually in the hotel there? Was it, is it like a red roof or is it a Motel 8? 
right now? Uh, let's see. Um, I can't remember. I, I mean, I can't rave about it, but uh, we ate well. I know that. Well, because they're on the same road. That's why I was asking. They're right, right near each other. And actually, in Rhines, in that little uh, mall there, there's a really great yeah. used record store in there. There sure is. That there is. Sure that's is. my we story. That's there. what I go to. Went there every day. I can't think of the guy's name, but he, it's great records, great price. It's just another good yep. place to go to. That's so funny. Sure. It's a small world, huh? I know. We, I've uh, been playing up there for decades. And, and so we kind of knew that exit from the diner. And I said, I'm going to get a hotel room. We can walk to the diner and eat. So we ate every day there. That's literally one exit away from me. And then like 10 minutes from that, like the how close Amazing. That is small so world. Well, that's awesome. Well, this has been great. I want to thank you for being on the show. Um, thank you for having me. And I hope that you'll uh, send me a link and I will put it up there on uh, absolutely. I'll have on it my back page. On, yeah. And down the road, I'll have you back on to advertise you when you're in the area. I'll put up some stuff for you too. Let people know you're around. You, Keep us going. I want to thank you. See you soon. Take care.